Hey Kurt, this is Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films, and we have a message for you. This, this is, is Mad Shelley Films, and, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto Radio. So Bub's feed happened to be walking through the street, you were walking in the street, and they happened yeah. to see you, and they asked what your New Year's resolution was, is that what it was? Yeah, they put me in an article about hipsters. They were like, 33 hipsters New Year's resolutions. And then, so I got a thousand in a day, and then that was my base, and I, I just kept tweeting comedic things, and now it's like 19,000, so... That's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's all done just naturally and authentically, which is great. Yeah. I mean, like, I followed a lot of people to try to, like, put myself out there and be seen, but then I got a lot of reciprocation, so it worked out. So in New York, how long did you do comedy for? Six years. And what what started you? Who were some of your favorites that, that inspired you to get into comedy? I like Ellen DeGeneres and Zach Galifianakis. Those are my two favorites. Because I enjoy absurdity, but I also like it mixed with a little bit of charm. Um, I like when somebody seems like they're going to be, like, very sort of classic, American-friendly, sort of, like, uh, like the... I was going to say, I like when they seem like they're, like, the American dream, but with a twist. That's where I was going with it. But then I realized I was, like, just... I didn't say the dream part, and then I was like, I think I sound xenophobic. Oh, no. So, so the American dream with the twist. Yeah. So what, do you, what do you like most about absurdity? Mm, I love to be surprised and to surprise people. Are you a fan of David Lynch? Um, actually, I'm not too familiar with David Lynch's work. He's, he's quite an absurdist. Do you like surrealism as well? Like Salvador Dali and... Uh, I'm not really said? familiar with no? this stuff. No. Uh, what are some of your favorite TV shows that are kind of based in absurdity? Do you have any, or movies or anything? Movies I can talk about. Like, I really like um, Edward Scissorhands. Um, and I like Wes Anderson's stuff. Mm-hmm. I really like the Royal Tenenbaums. Like, I really like just strange worlds. Mm-hmm. I like to see how characters adapt to them. So, so do you write as well? I know you're a comedic writer. Do you, do you also write screenplays and stuff? I've done a little bit of that. I mean, I've taken a lot of screenwriting classes. Um, I've written a pilot and a screenplay, a feature, but that's not really my focus right now. What's your, what would you say your main focus is? Uh, my YouTube channel, for sure, right now. That's all I care about at this moment. How often do you make YouTubes, YouTube videos? I'm currently increasing my frequency. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not to the point where I can say every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, not there yet. But right now, I'll have two up this week. We'll see about... My goal is to get to three a week. It's been quite a challenge increasing my frequency. Do you use your... Uh, do, do you have a camera? Do you use your phone? How do you get your videos? I have a Canon T5i pretty good at one point I was using my iPad because my camera broke and that was a challenge but I feel pretty good about my Canon do you feel uh, empowered that you're creating your own your own stuff do I feel empowered yeah I do feel empowered well at first it started as this is all of that I have left to do is make my own stuff like because I get a lot of anxiety and I was getting really stressed out going in on auditions and I was having trouble being myself Uh, and it's not like when I did stand-up because that was like rehearsed and perfected and you know you pre-write everything and you go to your audition and I couldn't I had a hard time controlling my emotions the way I could control I guess my performance in stand-up which also I couldn't always even do that in stand-up so the best thing for me with YouTube is it takes away the anxiety and allows me to be a bit more free. Because you're kind of crafting your own world how, how you want it to be, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Do you, uh, what, what would you say would be like your, your, like if a genie popped up out of the glass, what would be the, the dream, like, or one of many, what would be like the, the ideal type of situation for you? 
Um, if a genie popped up the ideal situation... Yeah, what would be the most ideal situation for you that you would like be very satisfied with living in? Would it be making movies? Would it be making TV shows? Would it be having comedy specials? Would it be, like, what would be the thing? I just can't think that many steps ahead. Because right now, all I want to do is develop my YouTube. Mm-hmm. So for me, if, if I had some sort of magic fix at this moment, it would be just more time and more resources to be able to develop that. Uh, yes, I want to write screenplays. Yes, I, I, would, I will eventually go back to stand-up comedy, but... I can't really just think like that. <laughs> I have to think about what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, in other words, like, uh, you do, do you have another job or do you yeah. get paid doing your YouTube videos? Oh, you have another job. Uh, yeah, my channel is still very small. So, have to have another job. I don't qualify for monetization yet, even. I'm close, but not there. Um, so, I suppose one of the things would be that you're self employed. You, you don't have another job except just creating what you want. That would be terrific. I mean, it's actually not fully what I want because I really enjoy my job. So I just want to cut my hours there to a point where um, I I know that I have enough time to create because I do get some fulfillment from my job. What is your What do you do? I'm a nanny. Oh, cool. Yeah. You must meet a lot of interesting people. Sure. I'm. I mean, I mostly spend time with the same family, so it's not a lot of meeting new people. Mm. A bit though. Um, but I just really like the people I work with and I like the little girl that I take care of very much. So I don't really want to stop doing that. I just need to get it to an amount of hours where I can function and create what I want to create. Do you ever shoot stuff with the family? I do, but, uh, I, I can't, I would never put it online for many reasons. One being a non-disclosure I signed. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Um to being that they don't want her out there in any way mm. so yeah um what have do you have like theater experience too have you been in plays i've done a lot of acting classes i've been in a few plays um yeah i've done some small acting jobs i, I don't know as much about theater as i do about on camera um I was in a small commercial and a, a couple music videos. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've seen your demo reels, so you have shot some short films. Is that stuff that you did yourself? No, those are like small projects that other people either asked me to be a part of or I auditioned to be in. And has that inspired you to, is that, has that kind of helped with your inspiration in creating your own stuff? So you don't have to rely, because there's, there's a big... Um, freedom in creating the worlds that you want to create where you don't have to have someone else giving you permission on what to do or how to do it or yeah I wouldn't say that working on those projects has, has done much for creating my own stuff because when, when I'm working on those it, it becomes all about the project and the other people and, and them like I I probably am a very adaptable person so that's why I'm saying I like absurd stepping into absurd worlds and watching people adapt because that's kind of what happens to me. Like I can completely forget about myself once I get over my anxiety, get over myself, and it becomes all about the people I'm around. But um, I mean, it does at least it's good to be around people that are doing things in that way. I like having creative peers. Mm-hmm. Have you taken any improv classes? Yeah, I did improv in New York at the UCB and People's Improv Theater, um, a bunch of other places. It's cool. I I didn't like improv as much as I enjoyed stand-up because I guess I, I did, again, get to create my own world and you have to be more um, go with the flow. So it's interesting because stand comedy is, yeah, it's, a, it's an individual kind of, you know, you're crafting this thing and then there's the audience that's kind of responding to what you're doing improvisation is a very, very more ensemble based you're talking earlier about how you you like that idea of being with your peers you know and and, and improv is the ultimate root of that i would feel i guess so but and, and i do enjoy i've never gotten to a place where i've been really close with the people i have been trying to improv with so i'm sure that would be a different experience than what i have gone through in my mm. classes 
So there would be a certain level of trust that would allow me to be more myself than I am with strangers. But um, I don't know. It, it, it does, it takes away so much control. So. What, improv? Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to say yes to whatever's there. You have to agree with what's going on. You're, sculpt, you're sculpting a reality together. Yeah. It's a, it's a uh, collective experience. See, like, I like, I enjoy creative, I, I enjoy working alongside creative peers, but not necessarily working with them. Like, I, it, it's like interdependence versus codependence, you know? So I just want a little bit more independence because I haven't felt like my voice has been fully developed all the way. And so that's what I'm really working on. Have you mostly been in situ- I'm getting an idea. Have you mostly been in situations where others have kind of told you what to do or where to go or how to do it? Um, you could say that, but it's more like I'll keep to myself and create my own quiet world if I don't have trust with the people around me. Mm-hmm. It depends, you know? Like, if I have trust with the people around me, I'll have a great time. Right, right. But... Yeah, I've definitely been in situations where I felt like I can't be myself. So I also noticed that you draw. How long have you been drawing for? Um, I drew a lot when I was a kid, and I went back to it a couple years ago as an adult. And I just do it as a means to relax, and also as part of my nannying job, I draw with the little girl a lot, so it's just something I like to do. Do you have any influences? Who are your, uh, any of your favorite artists? No, <laughs> I really don't. I don't base my work on other um, artists at all. Like, I, Maybe that would be if I were focused on it and I wanted to try to improve upon my drawing skills, but it's really just a hobby, so um, I just do sort of what comes to me. So have you, always, have you always just been an artist, like just wanted to create stuff? Um... I never really thought I was good at art. I had this art teacher in sixth grade, and he was really funny, and everybody liked him, and um, I liked like I liked him more than all my other teachers. But I wasn't sure that he liked me back. Like I wasn't his favorite. I was just kind of quiet. And when I was a kid, I actually had a brother that died, and I drew this portrait of my brother after he died. And it was at that moment that the art teacher started coming around and giving me individualized attention and really working with me to develop my skill and he ended up choosing that portrait to go on display at a museum in China so it's fantastic (laughs) yeah did that inspire you to want to draw more it yeah it made me feel like I had something so so it's always sort of been sort of a special hobby you know like it's always felt very precious it's intriguing. Sometimes it just takes that one person to just go to see that spark inside of us and to, and to add some, you know, sticks on the flame. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. What kind of other uh, interests do you have? Um, I don't really do a lot outside of work and try to develop this channel. I mean, a recent video I posted is I did a fitness challenge I'm trying to, to, everything I do is just an investment in in raising my self-esteem. So I'm trying to just do things that um, make me a more functional human. Uh, And and, and it's unfortunate because it sounds a bit selfish. Like, I'd love to be able to be more devoted to my family or my friends because, I mean, I have a lot of love to give and, and such, but I know that right now I just have to focus on my self-esteem so it's what I'm doing and I'm hoping to create a more functional system. So I suppose that in a sense would be one of the ideal things that you'd like to have is to get to a point where you're you're just comfortable wherever you're at, you have a, a, a great self-esteem and you don't have anxiety. Would that possibly be a, an ideal type of situation to be in? I don't think my anxiety is ever going anywhere. It's been something I've had since I was a kid. Like I remember walking around the halls in, in school and like I was so stressed out all the time that like I would have to consciously pull my shoulders down because I just wouldn't even know how tight I felt. <laughs> um, and like just any time like I I came back to to like getting out of every time I got out of my head I would realize I was so like hunched over. <laughs> and so um, that my anxiety is not going anywhere, but. 
I just want to do what I'm doing in my art, but in real life, so create a world where I'm um, comfortable, safe, happy, and, and have that be my life. <laughs> so tell me more. You mentioned something earlier about the Sagittarius, what is this called? Sagittarius Scorpio. You had a special word for it. Uh, that, well, zodiac signs that are between, like, that are on. So if you're at the end of Scorpio and the beginning of Sagittarius, you're on the cusp. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. each cusp has a, a, a different name. So it's the cusp of the revolution. Um, that's the one that you and I share. And it. Uh, I'd honestly, I, I couldn't really give you a ton of information on it. It just it, everything I read feels completely accurate. Well, so, what have you like? What have you read so far that you feel that you associate with? I would really have to pull it up to. to okay, I'll do. Because I really yeah do that because I I'm. Uh, I think ever since I was a little kid, I've I've constantly trying to cho cho choose the path that is not. I guess the opposite's you know go, swimming upstream. I okay. guess I've, I've constantly chosen the path that is not of. I've, I've, revolution has kind of been like a thing of, of my heart in other words of like starting a new a new thing um, and not just kind of following the sheep mm. not following the mundaneity um, so this is actually this appeals a lot to me this idea do you think you're a free spirit? yeah 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 I've done it my way I've, I can definitely say I'm crafting my life the way that I want it to be that's good. And, um, and it's great because the more that you do that, the more that I've found myself doing that, the more I've found my, my world circumstances falling in line with it. I'm a big, uh, uh, let's see, how should I put it? A big fan of um, manifesting my own reality, that type of idea. Mm-hmm that uh, the thoughts and the words and the actions that I put out there echo back to me through other through other means, you know, whether it be conversations or books or music or what have you. So I, I realize that the things that are happening in my life, the more I play with this idea, that everything is relating, everything that's going on in my life is directly in relation to the words that I've previously spoken, whether it was 10 minutes ago, whether it was a month ago, whether it was a week ago, all of that comes back to me in various uh, in various camouflages and so it's just a lot of fun just to see how those how those evolve how those come about mm. like I, I just absolutely love synchronicities I'm a huge fan of synchronicities you know coincidences serendipities those kinds of beautiful things yeah what are your thoughts about synchronicities um I think it's interesting I think it's cool I saw you you, you brought it up in the description of the podcast you wrote that somewhere I think on your Instagram bio mm -hmm. um when I'm talking to someone conversationally and something comes up on the TV or radio and it's the exact same word that you just said out loud, mm -hmm. like, I, I do think to myself, like, okay, everything is the way it's supposed to be right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't know much more than that. <laughs> like, I don't put too much thought into it. You'll notice, it. it's fun, you'll notice that the more you play with that idea, um, it's like you're talking about crafting your own world. Um, you had a video about, you know, you, you bleaching your own hair and doing what you want to do because it makes you in, feel enjoyable. You're doing it because you enjoy it. You're not doing it because you're trying to get some sort of acceptance from outside sources. Leading along in that same idea, by playing with the idea, if we want to call it delusion, I don't know, but I call it playing with the idea that... Um, the synchronicities and the stuff that's happening in my life is, is a direct representation of, you know, it's like the, do, the domino effect. This synchronicity that goes here is a direct result of this little domino that was pushed down over here that went and it found its way over here. So the more that I play with that idea and the more that I make those correlations between the word or action that I did and how that synchronicity came about, it makes me realize, oh, now I can tune in. Now I can pay attention. What are the words that I'm using? What are the actions that I'm doing? What, you know, what are the conversations that I'm having with people? And um, as it fits more in that sort of quality, the more dynamic these situations keep popping up in my life. It's really quite exciting. 
And then when you find yourself in a tribe or getting together with more people who are in that same sort of mindset, then you really see it amplifying because it's like you're, it's like the difference between having one transmitter versus a group of transmitters. It's that much powerful. Um, have you ever played with those kinds of ideas before? I'm just not sure that I fully subscribe to that. Um, I, you know, I, I know that when I used to perform, it was sort of a special thing to see a group of people's energy collide together and watch them. Like, I had a friend in New York. His name was Chris Calagero. He's a funny comedian, and he one time did a podcast I used to host and he told me that he felt like it was like everybody in the audience's thoughts and feelings all merged into one and the audience just becomes one giant head <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I, I like that idea mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily um, believe that you can sort of micro control like every moment you go through and look at life as so transactional or as um, look at everything as an investment that's going to come back to you because I don't think it necessarily is and I think um, I don't know either way and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make that judgment Yeah. because for me I've learned that everything can change in an instant Mm -hmm. and I'd rather just know know that know that (laughs) I'd rather just know that everything can change in an instant and control is an illusion Mm -hmm. And I know that that is um, funny because I said I like to create worlds that I can control, but control is an illusion, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't have a belief on, on, on this. Have you ever um, had any sort of paranormal experiences, ghosts, uh, UFOs, any of that kind of stuff? Um, not really. I was watching YouTube videos on ghosts last night, but <laughs> I, uh, I don't really have any that I can share. Oh, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Uh, that I was why watching I, it last night. Why would night. I bring that up and all of a sudden you were watching that last night? I don't know. You're beaming else. it to my antenna. Or it could be a coincidence. Yeah. Like Which a, ties like, right into it. Okay. Yeah. Nah. Why would a coincidence be something that's just like like an afterthought? Like, oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, it's a napkin. Blah, blah, blah. Like, why would it be Why would it be given this kind of, that kind of respect? I don't rather know. Rather than a, oh my God, it's a redwood tree. Or holy cow, look at that sculpture. Uh, I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. So to read, read to me this this revolution. Uh, what was it called? Sagittarius Revolution? No, it's the cusp of the revolution. Oh, the cusp of the revolution. It's, uh, it says, You are an incredible source of strength and power. You are passionate, capable, and ready to stand up and fight for your beliefs. Uh, and then it's a long thing. You're blessed with both the empathy of a water sign and the excitement of a fire sign gives you a wide spectrum of abilities and there's a combination of passion and friendliness in you that makes you incredibly generous just be wary of those looking to take advantage of you and your giving nature but it's also kind of like just reading a bunch of compliments about yourself which is also fun Mm -hmm. it's always intriguing when you see stuff within horoscopes that match up with a particular mindset or a specific thing um I would read Astrology Zone, uh, astrologyzone.com. I'd read that every once in a while. Uh-huh. And it, it was astounding to see them point out a specific date, and on that particular date, something out of the nowhere, some mysterious thing would also go, and it pops up on that specific date, relating exactly to that thing that, <laughs> that was talked about in there. Um, these are things that I just do not ignore, and I do not, like... I hold them in such high regard and such reverence that they're like, it's like coming, it's like making a, a very good friend, you know? It's like something that is just enjoyable. It's like eating, like I love pumpkin pie with whipped cream. Mm, so good. That to me is kind of what that's like. Okay. It's a delicious moment in time that I want to keep having more of. Because uh, it's just very exciting for me. When, let's say, for instance, we're talking, we hear that those people, yeah, say the same words. It's like, whoa, huh? Or you're thinking about a specific kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a, just a name. Some some name is in your brain, and you're walking down the street. You turn a corner, on that billboard is the name of some new movie with that exact same name that you never even knew was going to exist. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are quite interesting, because when we think about the domino effect, 
I could have chosen to walk down a completely different street. I could have chosen not to even move out here. I could have chosen to not get out of my house at that moment. All kinds of things could have gotten in the way. All kinds of things. It could have been a different word that popped in my brain. Why was it that word? So these are the kinds of the fun things that I like to investigate. And I notice that the more that I appreciate the synchronicities, the coincidences, those kinds of magical things, the more that I make my relationship about the invisible, because there's a lot more of that than there is what what appears to be physical, the more that I, I make my relationship with the universe, with that sort of invisibility, the more I feel that it's opening up its it's opening up its arms to me mm. and showing me even more um, amazing things. And then the more that I play with that, the more that I intentionally, the more that I intentionally, like rather than just simply being a, um, an observer to some outstanding event, rather, rather than going, oh wow, what a, what a coincidence. It's more of like, whoa, I helped participate in this event. I helped create this thing. And when I get in that mindset, I can definitely say, it's so crazy because I got this whole book of ideas and uh, sometimes on my podcast, I'll read through these ideas. And these were ideas that I wrote down, you know, 10 years ago or something. And now I'm seeing them come to play and I'm going, whoa, okay. This was an idea that I wrote down in here and now all of a sudden, just yesterday that thing happened. Or now this is happening, just an hour ago. And it's like, whoa, it, it was like a spell book. Mm -hmm. um, I used to especially, I used to write down all of them. All the synchronicities, all the coincidences that would happen to me. All the dreams and I found that the more I was writing them down whoa I was getting blasted by them like crazy my intuition was so sharp it was so sharp I could tell what people were thinking because wow. I'd say something out loud I would just go I would just get this idea in my brain and and rather than push it aside and go ah, I won't ask them about that it's like why why are you know I don't know potatoes entering my brain right now I don't know but I'm gonna say something about potatoes and I would say that out loud and it turns out that someone would be like oh my god I just made potato salad like I just made potato I'm like that is astounding that's yeah. quite incredible so it's like it uh, it becomes that thing of like dissolving the boundaries between the, this this camouflage of just a an earthling I guess Mm -hmm. and getting deeper into, you know, just the pure frequencies and vibrations of what's powering this whole thing. And that is something that's really quite exciting to me. And the more that I play with it, the more this stuff just keeps coming about. Cool. Yeah, it's um, really quite incredible. Okay. I, yeah, I don't have too much to say on it. Um, what was the last time that you would say that you, that you had a, uh, that you noticed a coincidence or a synchronicity in your life? I don't know. Um, I, it, I can't really think of a, a last time. So none that you can think of within the week or no. a day or anything? No. Not in the last week or day. I'm drawing a blank. Any other questions? <laughs> I don't have an answer to that. No, that's all right. Um, so uh, I noticed that you met Angeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you know who she is? Let everybody know who who she is and how you know about her. Um, Angeline is like the queen of glamour in LA, uh, starting in the 80s, and you could arguably still reigning. Um, everybody in LA knows who she is. She drives around in her pink Corvette, and she used to have an investor buy her billboard to tell the people of LA who she was. Uh, that's what she's known for. She's the original famous for being famous. So, um, I wanted to try to do a project with her, but she's too expensive, so mm. I didn't. I didn't do it with her. I remember when I first moved out here, her billboards were all over the place, and I just remember being such a conundrum in my brain, going, like it didn't seem like there's. It was amazing because it's like she wasn't promoting anything except just simply herself. And so it was like, because you're so used to seeing all these billboards for the latest movie, the latest TV show, you know, whatever this uh, um, shampoo or, or shoes or what have you. But here she was just promoting herself. Yeah. And it was like such an interesting, it was such an interesting thing. I too had met her at a video store. Okay. When I knew a video store and she was there. Um, I thought about, well, she she gave me her assistant's number, so I'm gonna I'm gonna contact her, maybe have her on the podcast or something. Why don't you cool. still have a podcast? Oh, why don't I still? Um, I did it. I did about 25 episodes, and then I just decided to stop because 
I I just wasn't sure what it was doing for me. Like I enjoyed the experience of it. Like I would get a, a, a little mood boost after. Like I enjoyed it, but I, at that time I wasn't sure that it was the best use of my time as I tried to figure out which direction to go in my career. And so now you've decided to take power in your own hands, make your own YouTube video. <laughs> Did you start that after you moved out here or, or when you lived in New York? Um, I, I believe I put one video up before I moved out here. Um, yeah. Do you, so you're, you're trying to form, are you trying to form a community of fellow uh, collaborators? Sure, I mean, I'd like to. Um, I, there's not a lot out there for small YouTubers. It's, there's the YouTube space, but you need 10,000 subscribers to even walk in the door. So it's, a, it's really a challenge. Um, you know, I've imagined wouldn't it be cool if I set up a YouTube collaboration space for small YouTubers? But like, I, I'm maybe, maybe one day in the future, but I just want to develop my own world first. Well, cause you put that, I mean, that's why this whole, this whole experience right now is happening. Cause you put up on Twitter, you said any YouTube people out there who want to collaborate. Yeah. Um, do you have favorite YouTubers that maybe you've tried to reach out to and said, hey, let's, let's, let's make videos together or anything? Uh, yeah, I've reached out to um, a few, quite a few, <laughs> and it hasn't worked out. But um, I actually am collaborating with a friend of mine that I used to live with in New York in a week, and I'm excited about that. Good. Yeah, and she has a very large channel, so I'm excited. Um... Each year, well, not each year, this year we're not doing it, but in 2021, so I, I co-organize a film festival. Uh-huh. And uh, it's so exciting because, I mean, all kinds of people coming in from all these different, you know, all over the world. People coming from Switzerland, a woman from Argentina, a woman from Kuwait, uh, people from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the most exciting things for me, like I love being a bridge, I love being a connector between people. Mm-hmm. So this person needs this. This person has a craving for licorice. This person over here has licorice. This person over here needs someone who, uh, who uh, uh, I don't know, sews things. And this person over here knows how to sew things. Okay, yeah. okay. Let's, let's barter, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's bring that together. So having this film festival, what's so cool is that a lot of these, these filmmakers and a lot of these collaborators are starting to collaborate with each other now. They're starting to, like, work on stuff with each other. Mm-hmm. There's an interview I was doing with these guys who are animators and they had to do their own voices because they didn't know anyone who was a voiceover artist. And over here was a guy who's a voiceover artist who wanted to do voiceovers for animation. I said, okay, you guys, I want to watch you, you know, exchange information right now. Yeah. And they exchanged information and then, you know, they ended up working with each other. And it was the coolest thing. Awesome. I get such a kick out of seeing that. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times there's this idea of... Um, there's this vibe that we're competing against you know, all these phantoms, all, the, all these unknown people out there. We're, we have to, we have to like just force our way through. We got to compete. It's us versus them. And oh, there's lack of abundance and all this stuff. All these kinds of like, these like, these limited minded beliefs that have just been kind of recycled yeah. um, throughout the years. So when you can kind of transcend that and go, Mm-mm, it's not about that at all. It's about the collaboration that's happened between the people. It's about what they can cooperate among each other. Yeah, I mean, I've been exposed to a lot of the um, us versus them mentality when I did stand-up. That's probably the most competitive space I've ever entered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Like, it's it, it is nice when it when you're able to sort of um, well, it's good for you that you're able to connect people like that. I actually recently saw a YouTube video, a TED talk where a woman was actually she had created a group similar to what you're describing and it was I don't know if you've seen it but no okay so she created a like basically a wish fulfillment group and it started out as like a small group of adults like trying to become more functional like a support group and it turned into like I need this and then this person over here has this incredible yeah and incredible they did it for like small things like this one guy couldn't get a girlfriend so like the group broke down what the barriers were that were keeping him from getting the girlfriend and then he got a girlfriend you know Incredible. Yes. So he pa- saw past the limited barriers, you know, and that's the big thing too. Is like a lot of these hurdles, they're they're just they're just 
they're imaginary things in our own brains. They're just giants that we feel that we got to battle, but we don't realize that it's it's our own. You know, it's been said over and over and over. It's like we always hear, "Oh, we're our own worst enemies." Well, that that, that is so true because a lot of times, for some reason, there's this you know, there's this like monster that's like keeping us from doing something. And I think when you have this outside perspective, of people who are are trying to bring up one another and trying to see, you know they see the best in each other, and trying to turn up the volume in their greatness and and their and their best potentials, oof, all kinds of magical stuff happens. Yeah, I think it got to a point too where she expanded past the small group, and it she was like eventually with large groups of people, so it became this thing where they were crowdsourcing solutions. Oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. You're just talking earlier about. The one mind, you know, yeah. the one organism. That's exactly what that's all about. Yeah. Because could you imagine just the the kinds of, like, vibes that could flow through a, a community like that? Yeah, well, that's actually so why, immediate. That's why I posted that tweet that you responded to, though, is because I saw that video. Oh, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And little did that lady realize that all of a sudden this moment in time is happening right now and we're talking right back about her. Yeah, but... She's receiving those great vibes right now. Yeah, but I, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Why? Because I, cause I just am not ready to subscribe to it to the level that you are. And so I don't want to tell you about the coincidence because then you're going to get all excited about it. What? Why would you not want me to get excited about something that is delicious to me? <laughs> I'd be like me going, don't you dare enjoy that apple pie. No, because, tell me. Because I think that's overwhelming, and I don't think necessarily that you should hold on so tightly to things that are joyous because you don't know what will happen next. Imagine this. If each moment in your life was filled with joy, no matter what happens next, you still have that joy to be able to see you through it. You don't necessarily. How so? Because it can get taken away in a second. It can, and then ultimately it's our decision on how we want to define how we how we view that. Yeah, but it takes so much time to get to a place to accept things. You know, like, it just takes a lot of time and work when those things happen. And I feel like we're getting into a very abstract tunnel here. But I'm just explaining that you were making me uncomfortable with it so that you understood my reaction. Yeah. So you're, so you're hesitant about being excited about forming a group of people who are collaborative with each other? Well, that, I, that I, I'm not even that excited about because I don't know. Like, what I want is, um, like, I'd love to be able to enter the YouTube space. Mm-hmm. It's a pre-developed system that I could enter one day. Mm-hmm. I would be excited about that, but that's so far away. Mm-hmm. To get to, I'm at 600 subscribers to get to 10,000 subscribers. So, um, yeah, that, I don't know how to get excited about something that I don't know how to achieve. Okay, so for instance, let me imagine this. You're inspired by her TED Talk, right? Yes. And then that inspired you to put out that tweet. Yes. And then you said you were, he- you were hesitant about it? Um, hesitant to tell you that... I realized another coincidence because you were going to get really excited about it and it just why would you be hesitant because because it felt like overwhelming to me how excited you get about coincidences it's overwhelming to you yes isn't there anything that you enjoy that you get overwhelmed about your cats for instance things that are important to you of course it's just that I have to actively maintain a level of non-excitement like I I tell myself not to why because um, because it's a fear of loss I have issues with loss I think that's why a lot of people are afraid to get excited about stuff mm-hmm. they're afraid that um, they're gonna get their hopes up and then if it doesn't work out it's like they predetermine in their brain that if this thing does not work out then the next step is to feel terrible about it. You know, like that that seems to be the immediate thing. Like, if this thing doesn't work out, then my next step is to feel terrible about it. Yeah. But that's not a prerequisite. We don't have to feel terrible about it. Okay. Does, does that make sense? Like, we don't have to feel terrible about, like, something not working out exactly 
the way that it does because you this conversation I'm taking away with me obviously it's recorded but it's also it's taken away with me you've taught me a lot in this conversation and now I get to share your wisdom with people unseen out there just as you're sharing me with me the wisdom of this woman who did the TED talk she doesn't know we exist Mm -hmm. and yet here we are talking about it and giving all these great vibes to her that same thing is going to be happening with me as I walk away and I talk about talk about our conversation with people Uh so they're going to be thinking good vibes about you and you're going to be receiving all those great vibes oh good yeah, that's no, how that works. No, that was an understated, sar- sarcastic remark. And why was that? Because I, I just am not in a place where I'm ready to get excited about things like you are because I have to fight myself constantly to not get too excited because I will get so excited about things like that. And then, and you are saying that it can be controlled the next step, but I have not gotten to a place where I feel like I can so if you're in a conversation with someone and someone knew that you get very excited about a particular thing, whether it's a musician or uh, a sequel to a movie that you really love, mm-hmm. and they knew that you'd get excited about it, would you prefer them not to tell you about it? No. It's good to be honest, but I can't let myself go to where you are. That's Why? Because, it, because Who's I'm, the guard at the door? I am. Why, why don't you let the guard off duty? I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to do that. Okay, so then what value do you hold in having the guard at the door? Safety. And stopping the good vibes from coming through? Safety. And because when I am logical and unemotional, I can create so much more. Because, like, my emotions stop me from getting stuff done. Really? Yes. So excitement doesn't carry you through... Um, let's say, for instance, I don't know, you're Disneyland. You don't you don't let yourself get excited at Disneyland. Of course, of course, I can get excited at Disneyland. So it, that's not something I created. That I'm a, like I, it's not mine. Okay, so you're afraid of getting excited about your own stuff. Yeah. Okay, but okay, okay, okay. So you're you're worried about something good happening for you sure I think I've I've my whole life I've had like uh, a victim mentality that I've worked really hard to um, sort out mm-hmm. and it's I'm starting to get to a really strong place where I'm uh, I feel like I'm reaching an equilibrium of balance and I'm really taking better care of myself than ever before so I see myself on an upward path, and that's going to require a complete identity change. Because <laughs> it's uh, a lot of how I've learned to relate to people is like based on me being like less than or not believing in myself. Mm. So, do you feel you don't deserve good things? It's not so conscious like that. It's just more like how relationships end up will end up being with me. Like. A lot of like like it's very codependent in my history like a lot of a lot of dynamics I've created with people have been like I'm gonna save you or you're gonna save me ah. which is like no one's an equal in that and and if you find that you're you're with someone like say dating and they're gonna be your savior or something then that person's like controlling you and 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 that idea those that dynamic between the two people is if you look at my view of myself in it, it's based on me feeling like I'm inferior. I can't handle the world, so mm. I'll give this person control. So I'm like noticing those things in my history and in my past and um, doing my best to navigate it. So on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of allowing yourself to get excited... I'm sensing like a four. Yeah. So you let right. yourself get to like, like, and then you just put the brakes on it? Yeah. I've had so many disappointing experiences. Like one time I almost was going to be on a sitcom. Um, and the creator, his last sitcom was on CBS. And I was like at a 10 and of excitement level. And it didn't happen. And then the low place I got to just took me out of 
productivity for so long. Mm. Um, so it triggers like a past trauma for me and I have to, so that's why I have to not allow myself to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that part of, it sounds to me like part of this, uh, well, therapy, I'll just call it, is probably having your own YouTube channel. Yeah. Because you're not worrying about anyone else but yourself. Yes. But that's the key to it. When you become your own media, there's no one else who's, no one else has the key to the door but you. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, do you get, let yourself get <clears throat> above a four in your excitement for your own YouTube videos? Maybe like a four or a five, but I mean, no, like, I, that will take away from my productivity. And I, I, that's pr my productivity. So being excited takes away your productivity? It does. I'll get lost in the fantasy. I'd rather be grounded in reality, doing things. So, let me think about this. So excitement is the fuel that's being put into the thing that's being created. Just a little. There's so many... It's, I used to only go off the excitement because I felt it so intensely. And, then, and now it's more like when I'm creating something it can be a little bit of excitement but I also want to put in a little bit of sadness and a little bit of what I've learned and a little bit of funniness I'm looking to create a recipe of all sorts of things mm -hmm. so let's see let's see I'm trying to figure out Okay, so this moment exists in time, unrelated to any sort of past trauma or any sort of any sort of victimized thing that may or may not have happened. Okay. So this moment in time is a brand new moment in time. Yes. How important is it to do you feel it is to hold on to something that may have happened a decade ago, or even months ago, or years ago, and 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 bring it into this very moment? How how important is that to you? that it's so a to, z, a to Z like that. It doesn't feel linear to me at all. Um, it just feels like I've learned coping mechanisms and this one is something I've learned as an adult. Like, it used to be so natural for me to um, let myself go to such emotional places and I reined it in and it has helped me. It has mm. served me. So for right now, it doesn't... So you're noticing this this uh, actually working in your favor? Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, even in the last month, I've gotten so many more videos up on my channel, you know? Not getting lost in the feelings. I struggle with being logical. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean that in terms of emotions versus logic. Like, I think I'm a logical, grounded person, but I mean, I struggle with remaining grounded sometimes, or I have in the past. Um... Have you, is, that, is that advice that you've heard from others, or is this something you've sort of cobbled together on your own? Um, I think I've cobbled it. Uh, I, I went, I've gone to a lot of therapy, and... Do I, they tell you not to get excited about stuff? I don't know. It's not so much that they said it consciously. It's just the effect of it, I suppose. A lot of things. I went to Al-Anon meetings. Like, this is just what I've taken away. Mm-hmm. So, when you win an Academy Award, you're not going to get very excited about it. Will you at least get like a 4.2 on that ha, kind of excitement? Ha, 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 ha. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> um, when is it safe? Your question is, when is it safe to get excited? When is it safe for you to get excited? When... What are the, what are the prerequisites in order safer. for you to be okay? When I feel safer. So, what, what, what do you think, like, if you were to imagine, like... Like, you know, because, yeah, we all like the idea of a stable ground, knowing that this is not just going to yes. go into the earth. Yeah. So what, what, what do you think are those, those things that, you know, like, okay, that just happened. Okay, cool. We're, okay, do, 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 these three things happened. Cool. Now I'm safe to be excited. Well. And to go above a four. It's hard for me to make it so tangible. Um, 
I know that I feel markedly more safe right now um, than I did, say, two months ago. Because I wasn't living in a strong state of balance back then. I was working a lot. Like, this past year, in the beginning of the year, I was working 60 hours a week, um, 55 to 60. And then I took it down to about 45. And I did 45 for the rest of the year. And that's just so much. And I was so unaware of how much it was and mm-hmm. what it was doing to me. Mm-hmm. And now, I, this past, like since 2020, I, I took it down to 30. And that was the medicine that I needed. <laughs> so it was just like, I could not get stuff done because I was so tired all the time. And now that I have done that, I have more time to, to do these little self-improvement challenges that I'm putting on my channel like I did the fitness challenge and then and then I get to experience the endorphins that I received from that so it's like it's like an investment that translated to a reward you know so that's just an example of in the last two months how much safer I feel because I'm doing right by myself but I know I have a ways to go so I'm just gonna keep trying to make choices that make me feel more enriched mm-hmm um, when was the last time that you felt like just completely like a horse without any sort of blinders, any sort of like chain on them? I mean, just there's the, there's the meadow and you just go and run. When was the, when was the last time you really just felt so completely allowed? You've allowed yourself to be so like really excited and completely in it. You're asking about freedom. Yeah. Feeling that, that sense of like okay giving yourself giving yourself the permission to like be excited about something when was that last time Mm. was it the sitcom was it a time after that before that i was yeah i was full throttle excited about the sitcom Mm -hmm. um you know it's just little glimpses little moments and after a while i learned that that just wasn't serving me Mm -hmm. you know because like for me I'll feel free when it's, like, a moment of emotional connection, you know? Like, you, for a second, feel like other people understand you, or vice versa. I um, got brunch with my friend Judith last week, and I, I, did, I felt like we were pretty aligned that day. And I felt, like, a lot of love for her, and it was just a really special moment, like, a special day. And it just feels nice, you know? Um, like, it, it, it has to be much smaller for me to feel safe. Hmm. So the stake, like, meaning, like, the stakes cannot, like... I'm trying to think. Okay, so the brunch. Was that above a level four? Yeah. I was, like, eight or nine. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um... Sounds to me like the more that you have examples like that in your brain of times where you've felt safe enough to be unguarded, um, it works you up towards it works you up towards bigger moments. I I guess I don't know what you mean by that. Well, like for instance, with this, you said with brunch, you said it was yeah. a small th- like. What word low did you? Stakes. Low stakes. Low stakes. Yeah. Okay. So let's say if you if you you gather up in your brain a series of low stake situations where you've, you've let yourself you know elite, you know get to a nine at least. Now, that becomes the basis for what you move through other examples of your life. In. Yeah, I mean even with like each YouTube video I've created this year specifically, or in December onward, they've all been small, low-stakes videos where, like, I'm sharing things that I feel I'm comfortable with. Nothing bad can happen if I put this out there. and But I'm still remaining true but true by myself and my heart. Like, um, just repeating that action over and over, I think, is <coughs> giving me a lot. It's so crazy. It's so crazy because uh, when I set out to co-create this film festival, I, I, I had no 
you know, no frame of reference. I had no idea what to do. And uh, it was a high stakes thing. You know, you're going, oh, it's a film festival. There are going to be people who show up and submit and everything. Um, but I couldn't blame the circumstances to how that very first one turned out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't, I, it was not fair for me to downgrade that experience because it did not match up with, in my imagination, the possibility of what it could be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It still existed. It's, it still happened. And what I didn't plan for when I first imagined how it might turn out was all the wonderful relationships that I made out of it, all the wonderful connections that I made out of it. I can never have, have ever imagined that any of those people would come back for more of the same film festivals in the future. Every single year, these people who have come by the first film festival, they've still put stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And it's grown, grown, and grown, and grown. So it's so interesting to talk. I mean, you're teaching me a lot here because I'm not used to talking to... I, I, I'm not used to, like, talking with folks who, who are so honest in, in, in their uh, assessment of excitement over stuff. Yeah, I, like, it was hard for me to express that I wasn't with you in the beginning because I saw you get lost in your own space, and I didn't know what to do because I wanted to get along with you. <laughs> Um, and I didn't want to tell you I wasn't with you. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. This whole podcast <laughs> is about you. It's all about your, all of your, you know, your interests, your excitements. Yeah. I, I know it's fine what inspires now, you? but that's what I went through on my end. Oh, I got you. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, hope, I don't want anybody to ever feel uncomfortable during any conversation that I, you know, that I have. Sure. At the least, I would like it to be something where everyone is being honest about their feelings and also willing to look at the reflections of themselves and go, you know what, that doesn't serve me anymore. That doesn't serve me anymore. This reflection of this, like, frowny face in the, in the mirror... I notice that when I smile, the mirror reflects that back to me. And all this to me in my reality experience is just a mirror of that same thing. So when I'm talking with people, I hope that by them revealing these things about themselves, it helps them to realize whether whether a particular hitch, you know, or, or roadblock or what have you is something that if they look at it and they go, oh, that's not serving me, or it is serving me, or, you know, and I'm having great success with it. That to me is exciting. Uh-huh. That, that realization behind, behind that. You enjoy insight, is what you're saying? Do I enjoy what? Insight. Yeah, what absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, me too. Yeah, I like talking with intellectual people. I like talking with people who are willing to uh, iron out the wrinkles. Me too. I like a, I like to get lost in a little intellect. It's fun. I used to date people that didn't necessarily appreciate that about me. <laughs> uh, like I remember this guy I used to date used to tell me I was too analytical. So it's nice to um, to be myself and be appreciated for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, everyone's got a certain way as to how they're carving their own reality experience. And how they view, I mean, everything that's outside of themselves. Yes. So there's something here that anybody who's listening could relate to and go, hey, you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned that. That's something that I feel near and dear in my heart to. Hopefully. You never know. Is there, any, um, is there anything that you'd like to promote? How do people find your YouTube channel? Just search my name, Darylyn Kelleher. Can you spell that for everybody? T-A-R-A-L-Y-N-K-E-L-L-E-H-E-R. And then what? And then your Twitter channel? D Kizzle, D-E-E-K-I-Z-Z-L-E. And then what's your Instagram? Darylyn the Great. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Go go check out her, her, her YouTube videos. They're good. They're really good. 
It's cool to see. I commend anybody who just sits down and creates what they want to create. Creating the art that they want to see in the world. And that's what it's all about. Thanks. Any final things you'd like to say? Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for uh, willing to, uh, to meet up with me and, and be interviewed. Of course. Thank you. This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto.